What's up, party people? It's Talib Kweli, the host of the People's Party. I know you've been enjoying it so far. We thank you for your love and support. We got more People's Party coming up. We got all types of situations that you're going to want to tune into and never forget to watch. Talib Kweli, Jasmine Lee, it is the People's Party. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, how you feeling? My name is Talib Kweli, the BKMC, the MCEO. Jasmine Lee is in the house. Hey. My partner, my co-host. Woo. Give it up for Jasmine Lee. Notice, oh my gosh, don't stop, don't stop. You see how they started giving up for you before I even said to give it up. See, oh. we got them trained. Yeah, man, they're excited. I'm excited too. Me too. Today is going to be a very exciting episode of the People's Party. Today we have someone who I'm proud to call a friend of mine, someone who the greats and they field call one of the greats. This man is a visionary. He's been trying to improve the world for a long time. His career spans decades. You grew up with him, you know him from colors. You know him from Devil in a Blue Dress, Hotel Rwanda, Boogie Nights, Out of Sight, um, DuckTales. Black Monday. Black Monday, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's an actor, a writer, a director, a family man, and the first Avenger on People's Party. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the wonderful, the talented Don Cheeto in the house. Come on with yeah. it. Yeah. What's up, bro? Yeah, bro. How you doing? Yeah. Glad to be here. Thank you. Don Cheeto, y'all. What's up? What's up? I think it's the second round of applause. Yes. <laughs> I paid for that one. <laughs> um, so the first time I got to know you as a performer, it's a wonderful little film called Colors. Mm. Um, Colors is so important um, just in, in our culture, you know, like Dennis Hopper, mm -hmm. Sean Penn, your character of Rocket, your character was not, you know, one of the main characters, but was very central to the story. Um, can you tell us about the ex your experience on that film? That was wild. Um, that was one of my, f probably one of the first movies I did. Yeah, Hamburger mm -hmm. Hill, Colors, I think it was the second. Right, second Hamburger movie. Hill was the shit. Oh, thank you, man. Yeah, that man. was another wild experience. Yeah. But, um, so Colors, I had, you know, I'd moved to L.A. in 82 mm -hmm. to go to school, to go to CalArts to study uh, mm -hmm. acting. And from Kansas City? Yeah, from, from Denver. Kansas okay. City, then Denver. Okay. Kansas City, Lincoln, Nebraska, Denver. Okay, yeah. then, traveling man. Yeah, yeah. So I got this, you know, I, I moved out here and I really didn't know anything about the L.A. culture. Mm -hmm. When I, when I um, auditioned for CalArts, which is where I went to, to, to college, I stayed with my cousin in Pasadena mm -hmm. and uh, I came out and he was like, oh, you can't wear that blue shirt. Mm. I was like, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, right. no, you can't. Right. They, they, they trip over the blue shirts and right. red, blue and red. I was like, you have got to be joking. <laughs> right. the people don't care about what color shirt you got right. on. They're like, no, for real, you, you got to take that shirt off. Right. So I had that experience, too, coming to L.A. It's Me wild. Too. I you got don't... banged on. Oh, for real? <laughs> I live in a blood neighborhood, and I was wearing, like, this big-ass blood um, uh, red bubble coat walking down the street. It was my own fault. They were like, <laughs> who are you? What right. set you claim? You're like, no, I just like, like the no. jacket. They're like, no, you can't right. just like the jacket. I just start cheesing, like, I don't know. <laughs> but uh so you know uh, i i kind of so when i did the movie mm -hmm. it was you know we it was i was steeped in cryptum and, and mm -hmm. bloodation and uh <laughs> it was uh day one <clears throat> i got in my wardrobe and you know i'm all blued out head to, head to foot and i'm sitting on this park bench and i'm just kind of waiting because we're getting ready to shoot 
and this dude comes walking by. And I'm just kind of looking at him, you know, like, oh, I wonder if he's an actor. No, oh, he no. was not. He, he was, was not, not an actor. And he was not acting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> His name was J-Bone, okay. and he was for real. Mm -hmm. And he saw me, and I just looked back at him, and he started walking, you know, just me mugging me, just walking over to me. And I was like, damn, I'm supposed to be the leader of the, of the Crips. Crips. Mm -hmm. I can't get punked. Right. Day one, right. you know? your fake game. yeah, right. So I'm just, I'm like, wow. Either I'm gonna die, or I'm gonna. This is gonna be a real interesting moment. Mm -hmm. So he just walked all the way up to me. He's like, "What's up, cuz?" I was like, "Yeah, what's up?" He's like, "What set you with, man?" I was like, "Well, what set you climbing?" I was like, "I'm, I'm just an actor." He's like, mm -hmm. "All right, I just want to see if the fuck was up." Mm -hmm. I was like, "Okay." And then he left, and I was like, "Wow, this is gonna be a very interesting movie." Mm -hmm. Right. And then it became, you know, then as as things went on, we were, we were shooting one day, and it was. Two, three in the morning. Everybody's tired, punch drunk. It's the scene where we do the drive-by on right. the blood. And I'm supposed to tell him to shut the fuck up in the thing, right? Mm -hmm. So Jay sit behind me in the thing, and we get ready to do the shot. And I'm like, man, shut the fuck up. And we cut, and he's like, shut the fuck. You sound soft as fuck. Man. Like, <laughs> sound like a punch. Shut the fuck right. up. And so I'm like, no, we got to do this thing for real. So then I was like, for real, Jay Bone, shut the fuck up for real. Right. He's like, what? like, I'll smoke you in this car right now. I'm like, I'm about to get killed on the set of a movie <laughs> wow. for saying my lines as an actor in wow. a scene. Art imitating life. Yeah. Imitating uh, art, uh, imitating yeah, life. Yeah, it was, it was bad. But so there were many <laughs> incidents like that because everybody, all the extras were really crips. That's how it was for Straight Outta Compton. They had real hood people on the set and you could tell the people that were actors and people that were actually from the streets. But how can you do that story without mm -hmm. having the real actual people of you know what I'm saying I mean we've probably seen some where they didn't and they were like yeah that don't that doesn't feel real right but yeah we couldn't I mean it was kind of whack actually because they arrested him on some humble on some mm -hmm. warrants or something that he had and said, yeah, you can either, yeah. Mm -hmm. and they said you can either be in this movie and get all your homeboys in the movie or you can go to jail so what you want to do Wow. I, I heard that for the Ice-T video for Colors that that was all real gangbangers. Yeah, that's true. Probably. It was a real serious that culture, movie, obviously. That, that video plus that movie introduced visuals for gangbang culture to yeah. America, I think, for the first time in a real way. Yeah. Um, Dennis Hopper had an like, incredible vision um, for that. Uh, he went from Easy Rider to Colors. Uh, do you see parallels with those two movies? Um, I don't know. Dennis is a, is a very interesting... Guy, very interesting artist, uh, collector of art, mm -hmm. uh, himself a, a photographer, uh, R.I.P. Dennis. R yes, rest in peace, Dennis. Um, but, no, I think he really brought a very interesting vision to the thing, and Sean Penn, mm -hmm. uh, as, as the cop who we all hated on the mm -hmm. set. Right. Because um, <laughs> he really? was always in character. <laughs> so he was Pac-Man for real. <laughs> yeah, we even hated it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, he he. Uh, he's still in character right now, running around right the world. Yeah, he's still in character. <laughs> he ain't ever dropped it. Um, but yeah, it was just. Um, I think he brought a lot of those same sensibilities. You know, just his idea. And Haskell Wexler was the mm -hmm. DP, very famous. Uh, R.I.P. Haskell Wexler, mm -hmm. very important uh, cinematographer um, in the pantheon of cinematographers. So, yeah, Dennis just brought all of that, which was an interesting mix to bring that to that storytelling mm -hmm. and, and done that way. I always wanted to see the movie of the gangbangers, though. I was yeah. like, this is a cop movie, kind of. Yeah. I kind of want to see the gangbanger movie. Did you draw from the uh, people that were actually in gangs on set? Like, what kind of little mannerisms or things that you picked up from them? And oh, used? yeah. I mean, I tried to. I tried to. I mean, I always try to absorb mm -hmm. that stuff. And, 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 you know, when you have the real people around you, it's 
obviously mm-hmm. something that you I'm always looking and trying to steal things. But uh, it was it, it, to, to, to peel back the layers and get to know them mm-hmm. as just guys mm-hmm. and not like, you know, gangbangers or whatever, just dudes. Um, was really interesting and and to hear their stories and to be accepted in mm-hmm. and then they were like no you sh- you know you if you want to like do if you want crit for real I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I'm good right. I think I'm good I'll right. just keep See, this acting thing world, going that, that happens in hip hop but then they become crits <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah I was like <laughs> they no. be like yeah that sounds like a great idea <laughs> yeah hilarious. let me gangbang yeah I should totally do that yeah no, I'm like no I'm straight <laughs> I want, you know it might be cool for a little bit <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. They wanted me to do submissions, like, because, you know, you, you do that whole Hollywood thing. You can get in places we can't really fuck oh, with. No. So you can, I'm yeah. like, nah, I'm just going to just stay actor if that's all. <laughs> I'm just going <laughs> to act. I just got act. <laughs> <laughs> now, you also played, uh, famously, Ice Trey in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Oh, Ice Trey. And that character was also important. That Ice Trey, I guess, is like the rocket of Fresh <laughs> Prince of Bel-Air. <laughs> <The> rocket. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's hilarious. You know, but yeah. that show was... um. You know, I, I think that character, and it was a small role, it wasn't a big role, mm-hmm. but that character uh, was important because it humanized Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in a lot mm-hmm. of ways. They were starting to deal with what Will Smith's character, what that family would look like in a real situation. Right, right. Um, How did that come about? That was literally just an audition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just went down and got, I was, it was funny because I was dating Karen Parsons okay. at the time. Okay. So it just it, but okay. it was not connected to that. It was oh, totally okay. random. I was like, that's, how, that's how no. Hollywood works. Okay. No, actually, I, I went and I got the part, and I told her later. She's like, "What?" Oh, wow. <laughs> I, like, I had no idea. I was like, "I just wanted to go get it. I wanted to get it with you." But um, you're so sweet. I'd have been like, "Uh, this is the part I want." Yo, you need to make this happen. <laughs> make <it> happen. <laughs> um, but that was just yeah, it was just an audition. You know, it was just out and doing doing what actors do, just trying to get a gig, mm-hmm. and. Um, that was a real interesting one too. I've had so many interesting things, but that one, they wanted to by the middle of our shooting because you know you shoot that uh, it's a lot shot in front of a live audience. Mm-hmm. So you come to table read Monday, Tuesday rehearse, Wednesday rehearse, Thursday do it in front of a live audience. So by that Thursday, the producer said we actually want to do a spinoff around your character. Oh wow! And okay. we shot a whole pilot. Okay. Uh, didn't get picked up. But you did. What it. was the name of it? In the house. And they kept in the, the name. House. Yes. I love that for show. For the LL thing. For the LL joint, yeah. So LL is like Ice Trey is a prototype. Your show. <laughs> exactly. Y'all need to have like a battle or something. Yeah, yeah. I'd go back on lip sync and holler at him about that. You should. That'd be great. Uh, one of your earliest, uh, your first earliest appearances was as a dancer for the Angela Winbush video. It's a real thing. This is also true. How, how many other dance videos were you in? And oh. what are your favorite moves? Zero. I, no, none That's the only other. one? I wasn't even going to do that. That one. I literally was taking somebody who d- who needed a ride. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Come on, come on. Down to the, the spot, right. and they were like, you know, so will you want to try it? I was like, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm at art school at Cal Arts. Right. It was dance, theater, film, right. animation. You know, actual visual mm-hmm. art. And what we had to do, we you. It was really a conservatory. It still is very much a conservatory atmosphere where you just stay in your your one metier. That's mm-hmm. what you do. Right. But on Wednesdays, we had critical studies, which meant you had to take things in other disciplines. So, you know, I took a dance class mm-hmm. just to see, and I took, you know, you take an art history class mm-hmm. or whatever. So my friend was like, well, you move, you know, you can move, you're in that dance class, why don't you move. just see what's happening? <laughs> you so <got> it. <laughs> I was like, okay, and Debbie's just like, you know, Debbie Allen. Debbie right? Allen? She's oh, yeah. just like, well, let's see it. I was like, I'm not really a dancer. She said, like, well, let's see. <laughs> 
So I did it a couple of times. And I was like, I, I can't do this. So I was leaving. And she, she says, you, you don't like my choreography? I said, no, I like your choreography. That's the problem. I'm not really a dancer. Right. I don't want to, you know, abuse your choreography. Right, right. So I'm going to leave. And she's like, well, okay. And I was leaving her house. I was walking down the driveway. And she ran out of the house and said, you know what? No, you're not. I'm not going <laughs> to let you quit. You get back here and do this choreography. <laughs> I was like, you're going to That like, sounds like exactly what Debbie Allen, if I, in yeah. your mind. In my mind, yeah. 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 If she, All that was missing was the staff. I'm like, you're going <laughs> to bully me into doing this video? And you did it. And What's she did it. What's the video that she's in with, with, with her sister? They were walking down the street dancing. Somebody's video, though. Her and Felicia? I found yeah. out a couple of years ago that they were related. And I oh, was you didn't know like, that? no. See, I'm from, I'm from the 80s, so. They were ubiquitous. You could not yeah. miss the Allen sisters back then. Sure. I bet they was killing it. Oh yeah, they. Oh the yeah. Day. That's what I'm trying to know which video they was in. We gonna look that up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk about that in the comments section. Um, but you actually were in another video that I'm just remembering. You were in Kendrick's video. Yeah, I was in Kendrick's video. Yeah. How did that come about? I when I was uh, putting together my movie, uh, the Miles Davis movie, Miles Ahead, um, I had thought about Kendrick to play the junior role. Okay. So uh, I called Dre. Mm -hmm. and said, you know, can you give me Kendrick's number? Or just tell, let him know, hit me up. So we just had been in contact. Mm -hmm. And um, I was asking about if he wanted to do the role. And he's like, oh, I'm kind of working on this thing right now. I don't think I, I think I got to like focus on what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's an album. It was to pimp a butterfly. That's, <laughs> I was like, that's a good choice. Because I definitely damn sure would have did both. <laughs> like, yeah. I would have been like, yeah. But, but he was like, no. Nah. And right. also, he, he had like, a clarity of vision. Know. He had a clarity of vision, and he was not, he's like, I'm not sure if mm. I can do that. Mm. And I'm not trying to half ass, you that's, know, that's right. on my it. debut <laughs> role, yeah. like, right. can't pull it off. Right. And I'm like, I'm, you know, I appreciated that he was like, no, I'm going to stay focused on my thing. But we just stayed in touch since that moment. And just out of the, you know, I'd always say, hey, what's up, fam? He just, we just text back and forth. And mm -hmm. um, I was writing another movie, and he hit me up and I was showing him how we laid out the three by five cards to break down the story. And he's like, why do you do that? What's that about? And mm -hmm. we just talked for hours about how to write and how to create, how to do story. I was like, this dude's a super curious, mm -hmm. you know, very deep, thoughtful cat. And so mm -hmm. we just kind of stayed in touch. And then he just hit me out of the blue and said, hey, I'm doing this video. You want to, in a couple days, you want to do it? I said, yes. Right. What's the video? You know, it was like, right. yeah, I heard you I had moved. And you heard the song? <laughs> no, I hadn't right. heard the song. I didn't know anything. He just said, do you want right. to do it? And I was like, definitely, whatever it is. And then he sent me the song, and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to learn your whole song in a day. Mm -hmm. He's like, no, you just need to learn. Just right. learn this part, and we'll figure out the rest of it. Um, You mentioned the Miles Ahead movie. Um, it's such a fantastic piece of art. Uh, thank you. Um, you worked on that for 10 years. Yeah, right? off and on. Plus, right? Um, you played saxophone in high school. Mm -hmm. right? Was that uh, informative and why, uh, or a piece of the reason why you wanted to focus on Miles? And also, he's born in Missouri as well, if, mm -hmm. if I recall. Yeah. Well, it, that was that was an interesting one too because you know, I, the first album, the first music I ever fell in love with was jazz. And okay. The first albums that I listened to, you know, my my parents' albums, and it was. Um, Sketches of Spain mm. and, and, and the Porgy and Bess album. Yeah, Kind of Blue. Kind of Blue. Yeah. And they had a bunch of Cannonball Adderley records mm. and Charlie Parker records. So okay. So I like the horn. Yeah. And that's how I first got into it. You know, I started playing in sixth grade, fifth Which grade, sax sixth did you grade. Play? Alto sax. Oh. I ultimately played them all, but mm. alto sax where I started. Whoa. That's it, heavy. Oh, yeah. In, in both, in both ways. <laughs> Who's <laughs> this chick with the sled and this big ass horn? Yeah, no, that was um. So I I had been thinking about you know uh, just 
you know, enamored of his life and his music and his work and mm -hmm. all that for a long time. And then I was working on another movie with a couple of writers that we tried to put it together. And Miles was inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall mm -hmm. of Fame, mm -hmm. not the Jazz Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of That's Fame. That's right. And his nephew, they were interviewing him, Vince Wilburn, and they said, are you ever going to do a movie about Miles Davis? And he said, yeah, and Don Cheadle's going to play him. Now, that was not... <laughs> That was before I ever, <laughs> right, no one had right. talked to me. Right. Uh, but he was like, yeah, you're going to do it. So then the next day, all of this energy started happening around it. Like, well, hey, what, you know, Vince said you're doing the movie. What's mm. the movie? I'm like, D ask him. Mm. I have no idea what the movie is. Right. And then we just started to put it together uh, bit by bit. And they had a, a bunch of takes that they, a bunch of ways they wanted to do it, which were kind of traditional. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I just wanted to do something different. But I was like, who's going to do that? Mm. Unless I write it and direct it, right. no one's going to come up with this take. Right, so. if you build it. Yeah, so I right. had to build it. It's interesting because I always use, I've often used Miles um, as a way to defend hip-hop music. Mm. Because people will talk about how hip-hop can be too violent and misogynistic and gangster and flawed, frankly, mm -hmm. um, and contradictory. Um, and here you have this iconic jazz figure who, you know, his 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 albums and his sound and, and, and bebop and all that. It's like defines classic American music, right? Right. But this dude was a fucking gangster. Mm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He and was. from what I could tell, you played that part of him, like you playing him like a G, and you playing him in a way that I feel like he would see himself, even though you're playing a, a part of his life that he was down in. Yeah. Well, that was that was. That was the goal, you know. Mm -hmm. I wanted to, I wanted to make a movie mm -hmm. that was not just about Miles Davis, mm -hmm. um, but was that was an experience of Miles Davis. Mm -hmm. I wanted to attempt to do something that would feel like mm -hmm. Miles Davis, that would give you, that would be an expression of how mm -hmm. he More would. Personable. You know, I thought, well, if he made a movie, he wouldn't want a straight-ahead movie. I wouldn't imagine. I think right. he would want it to feel like his work feels, mm -hmm. like his art feels, and be very expressionistic and be able to go 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 everywhere and mm -hmm. go anywhere. And that's what I thought you were going to say about hip hop because I think a lot of times people are trying to define what it is and mm -hmm. it's like, well, that's not hip hop and that's not hip hop. Yeah. It's like it's music. And you talk to Miles and he was like he kind of eschewed that word jazz. He's like, I don't play jazz. I play music. Mm -hmm. Right. This he is was social music. And towards mm -hmm. like there was pockets of his career where some of the jazz people didn't rock with him. He's doing oh, for sure. fusion and funk yeah. and hip hop. Yeah. Working with uh, Easy yeah. Moby. Yeah. Which is when a lot of people that you meet people and they you ask them, do they like Miles? And you say, yeah. And you go, what what era? Because mm -hmm. tons of people didn't know anything about the jazz. They didn't start messing with Miles until Bitches Brew. Right. Until it went electric. Until, right. you know, Jarrett and Herbie and all those cats were playing with them. And other people, that's when they dropped off. That's when they weren't messing with Miles right. anymore. I think well, rebels make the best music anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think the artist's life has to be a dangerous life. Um, I've heard you speak about uh, the difficulties of getting it made and getting funding mm -hmm. without it being attached to a white actor. Well, um, I, it's an international actor. An, okay, actor okay. an actor that would be able to sell to a foreign right. investor in right. different territories. So McGregor was able to do that yeah. easily. Yeah, yeah. His mm. name went. He didn't have to be. I could have been a big Japanese actor as long as I could have mm. sold the Asian market. Or, right. You know, it was just different ways to put the funding together, which I also had to crowdfund right. for. You know, right. I had to do a, does this, uh, um, does this sort of hinder the creative experience, having to focus on those business decisions while you're working? Well, it's not something that I, I would, I wanted to do that take on the film anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, I wanted to do the, 
the moment when he was down and that his life was intruded on by mm -hmm. a reporter and they had to go do the thing. So it wasn't like you're violating the way I want to tell the story mm -hmm. okay. by having me have to cast some other character okay. um, that's not black. Uh, but it's just a truth and a component and a reality of how movies get put together and mm -hmm. who the pieces that have to be a part of it so they can sell foreign, mm -hmm. which we know now isn't isn't true. Mm -hmm. You know, a right. lot of times it's like it's just how you market the thing. Mm -hmm. um, but that's the easiest way for them to be able to tell themselves that this is going to sell. Right. I can put him on a poster and him on a poster, and I know I can go to Denmark and they're going to be like, yeah. Okay. You know, so that's. That's always a component of it, but in my particular case, it didn't affect the story. You okay. know, it was it didn't violate it in that way because that's kind of the story I wanted to tell. Well, but first of all, on that it's crazy because like now they're start we're we're proving to them that black people can sell mm -hmm. all over. And the thing is that when you look at hip hop, all all countries listen to hip hop, not just black people. They're white people. There's countries that black people don't even live and they're listening to hip hop. So it's like. It's crazy for people to think that two black people can't sell a movie. Mm -hmm. But you were talking about uh, Kendrick Lamar and, and hip hop and everything like that. So what are, your, what are you listening to right now? What are your top five? Yeah, I'd like to know that as well. My top five what? MCs. <laughs> <laughs> top oh, yeah, five MCs. This, is, this, this, this show lives in the, in the hip hop space very much. Correct. All the comments are going to be from hip hop fans. Yeah. And I got the it. top five, as you know, is yes, a very I big know. thing. But you don't have a top five. I don't have a top five. How many do you have? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, you know what, I go through different phases of, mm. it's like I'm not even listening to a lot of hip-hop right now, mm. to be honest. I'm listening to a lot of jazz right now, um, and I tend to go back. You know what I mean? There's new music that comes in and I dig it, but the one, the thing that I tend to, to yeah, like, I original. tend to go back to older music. And That's then really the interesting to me from. because I always say as someone who makes music, right, and people be like, yo, um, people will be like, yo, there's nothing, I can't find nothing to listen to. And I'm like, you mean to tell me that you've listened to everything that's <laughs> yeah, come out? I've listened to everything. That's it. For real. Like, like, you could just you could just do psychedelic rock for a year, right? Or you yeah. could just do, like, you know, Miles Davis and his funk era for a year. Or you yeah. could just do, like, you could just so much music that's already come out, and you have it right there in your pocket. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, and yeah it's totally It's compressed accessible. in MP3, but you still have it. Yeah. You can listen to any song, any genre. I always, that's, that's a pet peeve of mine with people in this generation. I know I used to have to get on the bus or the train to go, or go to a show to discover a new artist or find new music. Right. So people are like, I haven't discovered, I can't find anything to listen to. Oh, it's yeah. like, you're clearly not trying. Yeah. You just Anybody put your Spotify list on. <laughs> yeah, you're just complaining. You'll discover, yeah, you're just complaining. Yeah, because that's yeah. In, that's impossible. And literally anybody can put a song on iTunes or Spotify or right. Pandora or whatever. Go make a fucking seconds. song. Yeah. And put it out. Listen. Who are your top five? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Oh, he flipped it and bounced it on you. What? Come on. Okay. So <laughs> top three, top three. Of all time or just yeah. what I listen to right now? You, you pick it. Surprises. Okay. Who I listen to on a regular basis is Drake. I listen to Drake every single day. I find <laughs> some way to put him in my life. Um, <laughs> so you weren't in the audience the other night when they of were Of course not. Them. And I would have slapped every one of them for booing my baby. That's yeah. not cool. I got you. Just I got kidding, you. Baby. He handled that um, like a champ. <laughs> he, but, did. Uh, yeah. he did. He did. And so did Tyler, the creator. And that's how you so show support for your mm -hmm. fellow artists. Mm -hmm. Because he could have been like a bully that I'm not going to name and could have like egged it on. Name but, him. 50 cent, but uh, instead, <laughs> 50 but instead loves it. he had, he had his back and right. I, I love that. And back um, to these I listen to Cardi B okay. on a regular basis and I listen to J. Cole. Oh, and I also listen I to Lil Wayne, but old Lil Wayne. 
I like all this like, ownership of J. Cole being dope on this show. Oh, I love J. Cole. No, because J. Cole gets a lot of flack for being positive. Oh, you yeah. You know, and J. Cole is like, he he's he, he, he went, yeah, there's a thing, right? There's a yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah, there's a thing mm -hmm. on the internet. There's a thing. Yeah. About because he's positive? Yeah, there's like there's a thing like J. Cole is corny. Yeah, there's and because he boring. Because he wins so much. You understand? Yeah. Like he'll show up in sweatsuit sweatsuit and flip-flops. I went to the White House with J. Cole. Yeah. No. We all dressed up. We were there. Up. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm talking about oh, like, before that. Yeah, yeah the yeah, meeting yeah. where we dressed, all the rappers right. had on suits. Right, no. right, right And right. J. Cole had on a Nike sweat. Tech, yeah, whatever. Did he have on slides with yo, on. He, yo, and he asked about reparations. He did. I yeah. swear oh to my God. God. Yeah. I, I swear to God, J. My Cole people, is, J. Cole wins so much, but he does it on his own terms. Right. And he does it being positive. Right. You know, and so I think people, J. Cole is the type of person where if your life is not about anything, he makes you feel insecure about how you live it. Right. You know, and so it's like, right. th that's the whole internet, right? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you can sit and listen to J. Cole. Like, you can just play him and listen to him all day, and he just takes you through different fields, different levels of life. He has stuff that you can play in the club. He has stuff that's going to make you sit and think. And he has right. stuff when you're feeling emo. It's and he's perfect. just going to make it, like, on demand. Like, I'm okay, here's, here's another one. Like, yeah. Yeah, J. Cole's dope. No, he's dope. Um, but we'll talk more about J. Cole when J. Cole come here. Yeah. Right now I want to talk about um, <laughs> I want to talk about Steven. I want to talk about how you what you think about J. Cole. <laughs> right, right, right. right. <laughs> um, these Soderbergh movies, um, you're in so many of them. Yeah, I've been in well, all the oceans clearly, mm -hmm. out of sight. Uh, what else did I do with Steven? Uh, uh, traffic. Traffic. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah, and we're about to do something in March. Okay. Uh, um, which is cool. Out of sight, man. I've watched movie. this movie so many times. Yeah, it's dope. Like, that's how you do the shake, partner. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know, th I know this movie by heart. <laughs> right, like, right. Like, 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 I did. I quote this shit from this movie that I find myself saying in every day. Your lines, right, right, Snoop right. lines. Like, I'm like, guess what else I'm gonna do? Yeah, right. <laughs> I say right. that a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, on the internet, like you, we talk to each other on Twitter. Yeah, for sure. I say that. I say that. Like, guess what else I'm gonna do? I get that from Snoop. Like. Like that character, man. That character is like weak and strong at the same time. Yeah, exactly. He has a lot of flaws, a lot of weakness. Tons. The character starts out taking a dive, yep. but then like shanking a motherfucker. Right. Because <laughs> he's bragging about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, messed up dude. Um, how did that character come about and that relationship with Soderbergh? Um, so Steven and I, I guess that was the first thing, mm -hmm. probably. Also the first movie that made me really feel like J-Lo could really act. J-Lo is an amazing actor, I'm don't just going to say, I like the way that she acted in that movie. Okay. That, she, that was her, uh, to me, that's the best performance she's got on film. I agree. Shout out to all the Selena fans in the house over yeah. there crying in the sorry, back. Sorry, sorry, guys. That was, <laughs> that was the one. Outside was the one. Sorry. Um, but yeah, that, that came about, I, that's so interesting. I don't remember how I, I knew George because I had done an ER. Was that before that? I don't remember now. I don't remember the, the chronology. But anyway, they were going to be reading, they were going to do a reading of Out of Sight. Um, and they said, we just need you to read this part uh, of Snoop. And I came in and I read it, and we did just like a table read with a bunch of us and the producers. And at, by the end of it, you know, I was walking out, and they came up and said, would you, would you consider playing it? And I was like, nah, I guess so. I was like, yeah. Right, right. So, <laughs> right. so that's kind of how that started, the relationship with, with Steven. And then we just... Kept it up, yeah. Okay. Kept it going. Well, Although, go ahead. No, go. You first. No, you go ahead. You you're sure? Are you about to do your accent? What? What, what are you talking about? She thinks she has what? a Cockney accent. <laughs> what? Are you sure you want me to go? Because no, I can wait my turn. I'm quite patient. We had a, we had Estelle here, and she was started doing that. Oh, you were like, duh, 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 duh. Estelle was like, what's going on here? <laughs> I think that's literally what she said. What? She said, what? She said what's happening? What's happening? <laughs> 
I'm oh, they're question. they're very very territorial about. Do we have any Brits in here? Any Brits just me from Manchester. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just she's you. got the she got the no, regions they, wrong and everything. They're not playing. They're not. <laughs> you got your diphthongs all backwards. Right. Well, I just want to ask about your character Basha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Was that like I got bashed quite a bit for that really? character Basha? Did oh you? boy, yeah. The 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 Brits hate. They didn't like that. No. Nah. It well, it depends. Mm -hmm. I, when I went, I went to the BAFTAs to do something, and I was in I was in London, and I was walking down the street, mm -hmm. and from street to street, like you know, somebody come up and be like, "Oh, I love that character, mate. It's great," you know. And then the next street, somebody go, "Don't ever fucking do that again," <laughs> <laughs> like threaten my yeah, life. So we're not going people to London. Say, Piss off. <laughs> oh, people were like, someone came, you know, went across traffic, mm -hmm. and did a U-turn to come drive by me and, and cuss me out for the part. It's like, you guys are very territorial and Listen, serious about this voice thing. But I was at the beach and I met this lady and she was from, Don't from do London. That. She can't, now she's in it. Stop now doing she's stuck it. in Listen, it. she talked right with me and she didn't even know. I told her I was from Manchester and she believed me. And she walked away. She was like, I can't believe right. she, she tried like, to do that. She was like, stupid American. <laughs> What's wrong with her? What's wrong with her? This chick is crazy. Um, <laughs> I might be. And now there's, a, there's a theory online that that character is an American doing a British accent. Mm. Is there any truth to that? That character's what? Basher is, is actually an American doing a British accent. Um, sure, let's, let's okay, go let's with that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that, I, get a little, I get a little cover then. Right, People now you like, can say that. Yeah, I can say he was an American doing yeah. it, but you guys missed that? You missed that. Good job. You guys need to be on the internet more. <laughs> um, yeah, no, then that was, a, that was a part that I wasn't gonna play with that accent, and then my manager was like, oh, there are no black British people? I was like, yeah, you're right, I gotta do it. And it was, it was fucked up, because everybody's, I'm in the trailer with a vocal, with a speech coach, you know, going over mm -hmm. vowels and consonants, and they're, they're wow. all outside playing basketball and that's poker and shit. Like, that's not cool. So you never did the accent before the, you got the uh, part? Like you, messing around, trying to fool people what, on, what the <laughs> on the beach. What about messing around? Messing about. <laughs> messing about, <laughs> thank you, see? That's how bad I am at it. Um, so you were also in Rosewood. Mm -hmm. Very important film. Mm -hmm. Rest in peace to John, John Singleton. Singleton. Yep. Um, you know, uh, a director that defined a generation for us. And um, you know, from, from Boys in the Hood, to Poetic Justice, to Baby Boy, to Rosewood. Right. Um, Rosewood, I feel like, was the film he was trying to get to. Mm. You know, his films are very close to the vest, mm -hmm. very much about his experience in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And that film, you know, was him trying something different, you know, yeah. historical for the first time. And, and um, you know, what was it like working, where, where did y'all film that? We filmed that outside of Sanford, Florida. Okay, so Sanford wow. has a lot of history when it comes to black people. Yo. Yes, that's like a, a historical black town, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. um, and then it ain't. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then parts you go. Right. That's where Trayvon was at. Yo. Yeah. yeah. And then, <laughs> and then, rats. you know, it's like the KKK came to the set when we were filming. Wow. That so movie. it was like another art imitating life situation. Yeah. It's in suits and shit. It's mm -hmm. like, hey, we're the local chapter of the KKK. Wow. We just want to see what y'all doing. They introduce themselves? Yes. Yeah, people people think of Alabama, Mississippi, but they don't think of you Florida. You can't get no, deeper Florida south than Florida. Panhandle. Right, Panhandle, there ain't no right. deeper south. That's the right. southest you could be in this country. Anywhere that's not South Florida is. Mm. Yeah, it was it was a trip. It was crazy. Um, but John, you know, great experience and he had wanted me in the movie. Mm -hmm. uh, he they they didn't have enough money in the budget and they didn't have enough to pay me. And he's mm -hmm. like, I'll pay you out of my own pocket. Wow. You know, that's just kind of how John was. And we, we shot that outside of Florida and outside of Sanford. Mm -hmm. And we're told by the production, 
like if your car breaks down, if there's anything that happens, don't go walking up to houses, no, knocking on no. doors, don't stay in your car, mm -hmm. call somebody from production, they'll come by. Wow. So it was heavy like that and, and you know, the subject matter, it was, right. it was all, we were all very steeped in it. All How did it long. add to the performance? Just being in that environment. Well, I think, and something else that kind of created it is they recreated Rosewood mm -hmm. in the middle of, you know, we're about 40 minutes outside, so we had to right. go to an area where we could take over some acreage right. and, and rebuild the towns. For people who may not have seen the movie, the town was burnt down. Yeah. Um, it, was black, it was like Black Wall Street. People Correct. are more familiar with Tulsa, Oklahoma yeah. in that situation, but it's a, a, a town of black businesses and black people. Yeah, that was right next to a, a, a white town. It was a mill town, and everybody that was a, you know, worked for the mill in the white town, and on the black side of the town, everybody was artisans mm. and, and relatively affluent at mm. that time. And there was as much a cultural and, and uh, you know, economic reality that mm -hmm. freighted that as much as it was about black-white. That always supercharges it, but so many other things were at play, mm -hmm. which is why I thought that movie was really interesting. Like, there's a line in it when they're looking for my character, who they've decided is the dude who raped the white chicks, right. and so they're trying to find us under the pretense of that, going to mm -hmm. burn down the whole town. And so they go in my house, and my character is a piano teacher. Sylvester Care is a piano teacher. And they come back and they're like, did you find him? And he's like, no. He's like, you know that nigga got a piano in his house? <laughs> he's like, right. I don't have a piano. He's got yep. a piano. And his yep. friend's like, you can't play the piano. He's like, that ain't the point. That ain't the mm -hmm. point. Nigga's got a piano. I ain't got a piano. How does that look? Right. And I was like, that is such an important yeah. exchange mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. You know, it's, it's we That's the often heart of forget it, about, it? yeah. That plus the, the, the rape of course. aspect. Of like yeah. the, 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 the um, thinking would take our women, yeah, like all that. Yeah, it's a it's a big soup of 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 everything: mm -hmm. economic, class, mm -hmm. culture, race. Mm -hmm. You know, it's never it's not just one thing. Mm -hmm. And I thought that that nuance was probably the most important nuance in the movie mm -hmm. uh, for me. And when John approached me saying that he wanted to do it, I was like, well, I don't know why you want to do this movie. I don't think that black people want to see themselves chased and hunted, mm -hmm. and I don't think white people want to see themselves as a purveyor of this right. violence. Mm -hmm. But I think it's an important movie and I'll do it. I don't think anybody's gonna see it, but mm -hmm. I wanna do it. So it was just, the, the entire thing was just a really cool experience, mm -hmm. you know, except for being in Sanford, Florida. Right. But I feel like even that, you know, it was like it was necessary for you to go. I mean, absolutely, staying in the embassy suites and driving 40 miles. <laughs> 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 yeah, right. yeah, being an actor. Yeah, being an actor. Actor. Um, actor. So you work, have worked with, so John Singleton and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson. Mm -hmm. um, let's, can I just, Buck, man, like, did you have a part in developing that character in Boogie Nights, or that was just on the script? You know, that was, and, and Paul, uh, I was introduced to Paul by Carl Franklin, who directed Devil in a Blue Dress, mm -hmm. and he said, there's this young dude that I want you, that I think you should meet, he's got this movie, um, and he sent me the script for Boogie Nights, and it was like 160 pages long or something, and it was really written technically, where it had camera moves mm -hmm. and, wow. and, and, you know, the speed, the ramping up the camera, and mm -hmm. just very technical script and hard to read. Mm -hmm. um, so I didn't totally get it. Mm -hmm. And then I met him, and Paul was just the most confident person mm -hmm. you would ever meet in your life. He's like, uh, this, this movie's movie so gonna much. be the shit. It's gonna be amazing. Uh, you're gonna wanna do it. If you don't, you're gonna wanna kill yourself because you didn't do it. Um, so <laughs> you should just say yes. And yeah. I was like, 
this is, I said, my, my parents are still alive. I don't know that I could right. be doing porn, porn sex yeah. and shit. He's like, well, you're an idiot if you don't do it. So your, you scenes very, <laughs> your scenes are very classy. Yeah, yeah. My yeah scenes I, I noticed. Yeah, I yeah. noticed the difference in your scenes. And some <laughs> but they were in there. Scenes. I don't, I don't know. I think he took it out just because, you know, when he saw the goods, he's like, oh, we can't put that on film. Right. Um, <laughs> no, but he just. Uh, <laughs> Y'all caught that, right? Just yes. that one in there. I tried to slip in it. He's like, you can't upstage Dirk Diggler. I said, I got it. Oh, um, but he was, you know, just obviously, you know, you look at his work. He's yeah, just I mean, I love, master. Man, I love what he does. And, you know, taught that, himself basically from reading American Cinematographer. He never went to film school, you know, just yeah, kind of took a, a couple classes story. at AFI or whatever. Um, your character in that movie is uh, like the like the moral core of, and the heart of the movie. And yeah. it's like Buck is always, conf it's like Buck never belongs. It doesn't belong yeah. anywhere. No. It doesn't belong at the electronic store. No. It doesn't belong in the cowboy outfit. No, nope. definitely don't belong in the donut store. No, yeah, none of that shit. Yeah. And then like, he ends up with the bag though. Right. So he's like, the, like he's rewarded for his moral. That's, I never thought about it that yeah. way. Yeah, he dances between the raindrops and gets to, but my mom saw it, she, she was, looking at it and that scene came up and the camera's pushing in, mm -hmm. you know, the money and it's pushing in. Mm -hmm. She said she was going, don't take it. Right. <laughs> don't take it, you're gonna get in trouble. Right. She's like, you a black, man, you can't take right. that as a black man, you're gonna steal that. No, you can't take that. Oh man. But yeah, that was a really, uh, that's a great movie. That still holds up, obviously. Yeah, it does, man. It's that's, man, I, 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 that, I watched that movie so many times, yeah. so many times, it's like ingrained in my head. Um, does your mom, when she's like watching you play all these different characters, does she still feel like, oh, that's my son, or does she watch it as if it's the character? She said, how good of an actor are you? Right. Do you yeah. fool your mother? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even, I forgot it was you. <laughs> like, oh, no, that reminded me of that time I wanted to whoop your ass because you came home. No, she, uh, you know, my parents are always uh, my, my biggest fans and, mm -hmm. and always biggest supporters. And my mom, even when I was, you know, out here grinding and trying to, you know, before I ever really got a gig, and I was like, I don't know if this is, mm -hmm. I made the right choice, and mm -hmm. this shit is crazy hard. And she's like, well, it's what you've been talking about, you've wanted to do since you were a kid, mm -hmm. you can't stop. Mm -hmm. Right. You'll, it'll work out, just no keep going. So now you are in the MCU, mm -hmm. which is the Marvel Cinematic Universe for anyone who's not a complete nerd. <laughs> and you have to say all of I think of those. they call them blurs. <laughs> blurs, that's what we are, blurs. Um, Black nerds? Yes. Yes. Got it. Did I just Blur teach gang. you something? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so good. You've worked, you know, with these iconic directors and mm -hmm. these iconic roles. Um, and now you're playing iconic comic book character. Mm -hmm. What did, do you have any feelings on what Scorsese had to say about Marvel movies feeling like, what do he say, it's like a sh amusement park? <laughs> it's like going to an amusement park. They, they are like an amusement park. I mean, yeah, I, I, I agreed with what he said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, and it's something that, look, the business took a big turn and had started to turn and it started to turn that way. And maybe this is just the, uh, the Marvel movies and DC, big DC movies are the apotheosis of this. Did I teach you a word? You know that uh, word? No, I know that word. No, good one. Uh, <laughs> the apotheosis of, <laughs> of, this, of this whole uh, expression that's been coming for a minute and, you know, mm -hmm film companies and big studios doing fewer and fewer films and mm -hmm. bankrolling everything on these tentpole movies, these four quadrant movies and not wanting to spend money on these, you know, 30 to 40 million dollar, 25 to 40 million dollar movies, which was right. what I came up doing, which mm -hmm. was sort of my bread and butter, which were the, you know, the, the sweet spot of those out of sights and, right. you know, traffics and yeah, that, that stuff. Yeah. Those are all like, they're not doing those anymore. Mm -hmm. Those are different studios are doing that or they're doing them on Netflix now. Mm -hmm. or. You know, but those, so, so in a way, 
the oxygen for a lot of those other movies has been taken by these big movies. Now, mm -hmm. to say that it's just the Marvel movies right. is kind of not you know, on yeah. point. But um, I don't think he's wrong on balance with what has happened in the movie, in the, in the film mm -hmm. industry in general. Um, but it's not like you can't still make the movies. Yeah. You, know, you have, he made his. Right, and there's other outlets now, right? He's like, there's so many other places The reason that why we, he's it. in the press is because he's promoting his movie. Well, yeah. Yeah. There, yeah. So, yeah. He, yeah. Um, <laughs> now, wh I went to acting school. Um, oh. I did. I went to, I went to Tisch, NYU. Um, oh, I didn't for, know. Yeah, I did for a year. Not a year, a few months, and I dropped out <laughs> to be a rapper. Not, not a few months, did a couple weeks. Did you okay, just go to orientation, tell him? I did. Okay, I went to orientation. I did. I went to a couple of, you know, I was in experimental theater. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the most interesting things about learning the craft acting at that point for me was the sense memory. Mm. The idea that you would build this backstory for this character. Mm -hmm. And I found that fascinating. I'm yeah. like, that to me is like the meat of it. Yeah. But with the Marvel characters, there's this whole rich history. Yeah, that you just go get off of the shelf. Yeah, you could just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm not a comic book head, yeah. right? But War Machine is a big part yeah. of the Iron Man story. Right. Like, is it harder to develop that character when there's so much already there that people expect well, you to be responsible? I think it's a, it's, it's a fine line, and, and really, I, you rely on the, the writers and mm -hmm. um, Kevin Feige, mm -hmm. and, you know, they have this plan, this 10-year plan. These, you know, the Avengers was a culmination of 10 years, 11 years of, mm -hmm. of their design for mm -hmm. this. So there's things where they're faithful to the comic book and there's mm -hmm. things where they diverge and there's you know, different ways that they want to mm -hmm. create this. And to me, that was the Bible, the scripts. Mm -hmm. The comic books were not the Bible. The comic books helped to build okay. the character right. and the movies came. who you are. But yeah, the, the script yeah. and that's the, the new story the that you're telling. The fans want to see it accurate or not who you're beholden to. Yeah, yeah. and they, for them, there's the comic books. You know, yeah. there's, those exist. It's crazy because I, I saw that uh, you had to just, you had to s decide in two hours if yeah. you were gonna take on 10 movies. Like, yeah. what was your thought process? Just like, give me a, like, how did you figure yeah. it out? Well, it was wild because it was something that, A, this, I had auditioned for it early, mm -hmm. you know, and I knew that they were, that there was a, a split Returns. I knew that certain people wanted me in the film, certain people wanted Terrence in the film, oh. so that was and before the first one. Yeah. So that was awkward. I, I put was that him awkward in, a little bit? Well, you know, I, I was, I produced Crash, yeah. and I would put him in Crash, and which I was like, which he was excellent in. He was amazing in that. Yeah. He was amazing in it. One of my favorite yeah. movies. No, it was, it, what, so by the time they came to me with it, they, they had already parted ways with Terrence. Mm -hmm. They were like, that's the first thing they said, is like, Terrence is not doing the movie, so... <laughs> You're not taking a job from right. Terrence, right. and if you don't do it, we're gonna go to the next brother in like right. yeah. an hour. Right. So, what do you want to do? Right. And it was a so six. Definitely the next brother. Yeah, literally. That's what, that's what it is with that character. Yeah, yeah. we're gonna go to the next dude, and it was a six-picture deal, mm -hmm. which is like eleven or twelve years. You know, mm -hmm. just doing the math. And I was at my daughter's laser tag birthday party, <laughs> <laughs> and and they said, yeah, you got an hour, and I was like, I'm at this birthday party. They're like, oh, take two hours. Um, <laughs> so like decide 12, 12 years mm -hmm. yeah. they're like yeah you kind of got to do it you got to kind of take a flyer and so I was just talking about it with my wife and thinking well you just kind of have to roll the dice mm -hmm. on, on a thing like this because it's not it isn't some small that's huge it's a huge yeah. thing and you're like well I guess we're going we're gonna to just roll the dice and see right. And now you got action figures. Exactly, right. which are way too life, which look <laughs> way too much like me. <laughs> you gotta go with your guts. They nailed it. Yeah, and we helped them nail it. Me <laughs> and my kids and my wife helped right. them nail it, and then they finally did it, and we were like, 
oh, I don't know if I wanted it to right. look that much <laughs> like me. Just make sure no one gets any of your hairs. Yeah, because then it's on. Yeah, they can make a voodoo doll. Yeah, you, you must be from Haiti or something. No, but I just <laughs> joked with my uh, makeup artist and told her I was going to take her hair and make a voodoo doll. Yeah, and yeah. I'm, you got to be careful about that. Your yeah. hair, your sweat, your fingernails. Yeah. We'll talk later. <laughs> but I have a question for both of you guys. Uh -huh. Okay, so as artists, right, We sometimes we do stuff that we don't, we're not really, we don't like, mm, I'm trying to find a political, that, that we don't we like, that we think sucks. We've done I was stuff trying to make it nice, good. but it's not working. Yeah. So like, what's a song? Who does that? Not me. No, Keep going. What, what, <laughs> is there a song or a movie or a part that you feel like you just wish you could go back and redo, just erase it from your uh, repertoire? Um, maybe not erase it. Maybe not redo it. Um, no, because I feel like you know I'm I am an amalgamation of all of the things I've done to this point. And they all had some play in how I got here, mm -hmm. and I think I'm in a pretty cool mm -hmm. spot. So I I couldn't go back and pick up, pull a piece out, and go. Well, if I didn't do that, right. if I could just get rid of that. And I was with my mom one time when we were walking down the street, and somebody came up to me and complimented me on one of these movies that I thought was garbage. Mm -hmm. And I kind of said it. I was like, Oh, that movie's garbage. You know, I was like, I don't really. Man, that ain't one of my favorites. And he looked like, Oh. Okay, fuck me, I guess, when you walked <laughs> off. <laughs> my mom was like, don't ever do that. Wow. She goes, you just told him that he was stupid and mm -hmm. that he didn't have any taste. Right. And it's subjective. And you didn't make it for you. Did right. you make it for you? You made it for him. Just say thank you and mm -hmm. keep it moving. I was yes, like, mama. yes, ma'am. Right. Yeah, man, I've never done anything whack. So I, would, oh, yeah. I have no I would have frame of reference. No, but that's, I'm, I'm being facetious. Um, I, there are, I, there's nothing I can think of over the top of, my, top of my head, but you know, I'll go back and listen to my old work and there's definitely like flows and bars yeah, and things that I did yeah. that I'm like, I could have did that better. Right. Or, or, or there's a time in my career where I was, you know, it's like we said, there's ups and there's downs. Yeah. There was a time in my career and I, I'm, I'm, I, thank, I, I thank God. I thank God. I'm very blessed that I'm at this place where I don't ever have to do this again. But there was a time in my career where I was taking whatever feature came along uh -huh. just because I had to pay the bills. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. And I, I never, thankfully, there's rappers my age who be on Twitter be like, yo, for features, hit up this number. Yeah, and yeah. I don't like that. I hate seeing my peers yeah. have to, especially peers that I respect. Right. I hate seeing that. I don't hate on it. Right. But I hate seeing it. Yeah. And I, thankfully, I, I don't have to do that. Yeah. But there was a time in my career where I was, I'm like, I'm looking at my, I'm opening the email like, someone trying to get a feature like right, what's right, up and I'm, right. and I'm like I'm looking at the numbers I'm like I'm worth more than that but I can't say no to that money right I gotta do that yeah so there are songs that I've done like that um, but not I don't have to do that anymore yeah it's a, but new, it's a different it's, a, it's, it's interesting when you reach that yeah and you probably reach it before you actually are aware of it because you just are so used to being on that hustle yeah on that hamster wheel it's like I gotta I gotta eat I gotta get that right. I gotta get that I gotta get that's that. what I was gonna say it's totally a mentality Mm -hmm. It's not about, it's not that my financial situation is so much better than it was before. I've just changed the way I think about mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I value, I have a different sense of value. You know, I'm placing my energy in different places. So right. it's, the reward is coming from different places. Correct. You know? Yeah. You know, Master P in, uh, I don't know if it was Master P or Lil Romeo, but it was a revolt summit. And they said, never make a deal desperate. Mm -hmm. And that made me think about that. Never shop hungry. Exactly, because yeah. it's like you don't want to be forced into anything, and you because that's when you end up selling yourself. Well, right? it's a trip too because you have to, you do have to play that 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 game a little bit with yourself, and and try to, you know, we all do things sometimes that we're like that's not exactly how I wanted that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never walked into anything that I'm like that's a hundred percent what I want. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's usually like 
that's 85% what I want. And mm -hmm. if I get this, da, 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 maybe I can get it to 95% right, what I want. Yeah, and yeah. go like, well, where do I need to go? What am I gonna do? Where am I, what, what's it gonna, what's the impact on my family gonna be? Mm -hmm. How long am I gonna be away? You know, all these, all these factors that come into decision making mm -hmm. about the things that we do. But hopefully you're making, you know, the best decision you can with the best right. at that time. And it's different for, for an actor definitely than for you, for a hip hop artist, it's like you're writing your own stuff a lot mm -hmm. of the times, and mm -hmm. we're trying to pick that script that mm -hmm. that, that speaks that to that works, that speaks to us, right. or feel like do we have some relationship with the director or the producers and the writers where we can make a part be different? And that's just your part in the thing. Mm -hmm. Then there's a whole other movie that's like not where you're at, and other characters that are doing other things. So there's a lot of consideration about the totality of the piece. It's mm -hmm. like, is this going to be something that? in its totality when it's done, I can go, I'm glad to be a part of that piece because I'm just yeah. that one little piece in that whole piece. At what point did you feel like you made it? Like, what was making it for you? Uh, fr Friday, I felt like that. <laughs> I mean, li literally, it's Friday. It, 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 <laughs> it, it's been something that took a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's what I was referencing is that the mentality of it, knowing that you don't have to hustle mm -hmm. anymore uh, in that way, you know, my kids graduated from college, they're out, I don't have to worry about that bill. You know, we paid down our mortgage. Mm -hmm. Like there's, there's things that, I've always been very picky, as you can tell by my resume. Yes. But um, <laughs> I've, and I've always managed to live below my means, you know, not right at it. So I never had to really hustle to, to get there. But as an actor, those, those really good projects that you want to be a part of are rare. There's just yeah. very few as you can tell by what you see out yeah. in the world, there's just not that many great projects. So you're always hoping that you're gonna be able to be a part of something that's good with a good director, good actors, you know, a good production behind it. And those things are just rare. I've been very, very fortunate in my life to be a part of a lot of them. Okay. Um, but the, the made it thing or that I was there, I didn't feel like I didn't have to sweat until very recently, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, within the last couple of years. Wow. wow. Um, you are very active on social media, mm -hmm. on Twitter in particular. I, I always feel like we often engage in the same trolls sometimes. Mm -hmm. I feel like you play good cop to my bad cop. Yeah, sometimes I, I'm like, come on. Yeah, like I'll, I'll come in <laughs> and I'll, I'll curse a motherfucker out and then he'll put it in a way more eloquent way, what I was trying to say. And then it's funny, it's always funny because someone's always, this happens a lot. <laughs> someone's always going at me, going at me, yeah. and I'm going back and forth and then Don Cheetah will jump in and they'd be like, oh shit, it's Don Cheetah. <laughs> I'm like, but wait, what about that shit you were just saying? Like, oh, I didn't mean it. I just fucking with It's so disrespectful. It's so dope. It's like, it's, it's dope. I'm like, War Machine is here. Now what? Yeah, now yeah. what? I'm protected. Now, yeah, I thumb thugging. I didn't notice, as much as we talked on Twitter, and we, we met on Twitter, I yeah. think. Um, as much as we talk on Twitter, I never Did noticed. Did we meet on Twitter? I think the, we started talking on Twitter, and then you came yeah. to a, a party I was DJing. Yeah. And then we met in the right, flesh. Right, 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 Tell right. it beats all his friends on Twitter. Yeah, you know, that's that's my thing. Exactly. Um, but I didn't notice that your bio says single issue Dem voter mm -hmm. in 2020. Mm -hmm. I can guess, but what is the single issue? Who can beat this orange motherfucker? Mm. Now, that's controversial. And I, I would also frame myself as this. But as you know, I engage on Twitter a lot, and yeah. I get in a lot of people... A lot of people very upset with the establishment. Mm -hmm. Part of the reason why he won is because people are upset with mm -hmm. the People are very upset at the Democratic Party, mm -hmm. particularly in, in our in black community, yep. where we have a lot of sway with our votes. People want to punish the Democrat, the Democratic Party for taking advantage of the black vote. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so the pushback to 
that single issue, which I agree with you on, we have to get Donald Trump out of office, is, well, what have the Democrats done for us? Yeah. And so what do you have to say to people? Sell me on, sell me as someone who's like, the country's always been racist. It don't matter who's president, the hood's gonna be the hood. Why should I be worried about Donald Trump? Nothing's new. Uh, I think we're in a new place. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, when you talk to older people and say, is it worse now than you've ever seen it? And they're like, mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, what? You lived through civil rights. <laughs> you, went through, <laughs> right, 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 right. you went through when y'all couldn't vote. They're like, right. yeah, this is worse. Damn. Um, because I think we're, you know, one thing obviously that, that the eight years of Barack Obama uh, did was create uh, mass fear. Mm. Mm -hmm. That we, yeah. that, you know, oh no, what's our country? Where are we headed? Mm -hmm. This is not the direction we want to go in. And the snapback and, you know, the, the, the course correction from mm -hmm. that has been Donald Trump and right. has been, you know, open racism, open bigotry, mm -hmm. you know, open prejudice, owning it. And it's, it's hard to make an argument, I think, that the, what has happened before with the Democratic Party is going to, there's going to be a sea change now and that all of a sudden now we're gonna be much more progressive mm -hmm. and we're gonna be more focused on uh, the income inequality and, and civil rights and the things that, have, that we have not fought hard enough for. Mm -hmm. It's hard to make an argument with some sort of crystal ball mentality that it's going to be different this time. And you know, it's very interesting with you know, what Barack Obama said just yesterday about the progressive candidates saying, be careful that you don't push too far left. And I said something about you, you the left-wing Twitter right. warriors out there too. I was right. like, yeah, what the, you talking about me? Right. <laughs> talking about to live. Right. But um, that, you know, we're not pushing the party so far to, to the left that there's no electability now. And none of these people can be elected. You know, um, Bernie being too progressive, Warren being too progressive. Uh, Kamala not being progressive enough. It's mm -hmm. like, what are, where are we as a party? So it's it's hard for me. I don't know that I could make that argument. Mm -hmm. I just know that, I just believe that going forward, especially if he is not, if if nothing happens from these impeachment hearings, uh, nothing happened with the Mueller report. Mm -hmm. um, if we see the amount. Of, of of chicanery that he's doing now. Right word. <laughs> where where are we gonna be at if he doesn't get slapped down for this? Oh, right. Yeah. It's like it's just open draws. You just do whatever right. you want. He's after gonna feel this. unstoppable. And 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 the people who are almost consistently not even almost but consistently um, you know affected negatively and impacted negatively are the people that are disenfranchised. That's right. Poor black and brown people. and white people. Yeah. And, you know we have to understand that there are more of us than are of them mm -hmm. and that we have to mm -hmm. force mm -hmm. our candidates to do what we want them to do. That's right. We don't engage deeply Representation, enough. that's right. And we don't engage, you know what I mean? It's like they, we don't realize how accessible our Congress people, our congressmen and women are, our senators are, they're accessible. Mm -hmm. You can get in front of them. If you create enough of a groundswell, um, and it may be different now. I mean, I don't know that you can talk to a Republican senator now. I don't know that you can go, you know, yeah, mob up in their saying. office. It's it, 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 that, and that's why I'm going. This is different than we've ever seen it before. Right. You know, there the the White House and 
that that's a ghost town now. You know, yeah. he's appointed nobody. There's like yeah. seven dudes around this dude. You and me were at the White House at a party. Yes. It was very lively when Obama was there. Yeah, <laughs> on his way out. Yeah. Oh, God. So You were my wingman on a very uh, important mission. We were on a secret mission in the White House. We were on a secret mission. We and were. we pulled that mission off. We did. And what was the mission? It's a secret station. It's a secret mission. All right. But my <laughs> but we have receipts. <laughs> oh, gosh. My question and it, I guess it's just like something I was just thinking about as you were talking, because that might be another way they're keeping people down, because yes, you say the congressmen are accessible, but these people, they have two and three jobs, so they're not having time to go to see the congressmen, so that's just an, like, if we keep them not being able to afford. Oh no, it's a great, it's a very great and diabolical plan. You yeah. Know? And and we haven't, you know, the, the more important thing that we haven't even dealt with and aren't dealing with that no one's questioning is that our election you know, the, there, we have a malfunctioning and a dysfunctional right. election process. Right. Which lends itself uh, to people going, well, why should I do anything? That's exactly right. Well, that's what I said we should have been fighting when Donald, when Trump got elected in office in the first place. And I mean, I guess people are wait for another person to take lead. But I was doing research. You don't even have to have a degree to run for office. You no. literally don't have to go to college to go be a councilman or, or to move I up. I mean, to look at Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody, everybody. That motherfucker failed up. Yeah. Bigly. Amazingly. Yeah. Bigly. Um, <laughs> very bigly. <laughs> and, and it is, you're talking about like these down ballot races are mm -hmm. so important. And we mm -hmm. don't, you know, people don't pay attention to who's, you know, the election for sheriff, the election for the district local attorney. And elections are so much more important. And those things impact us massively. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And those kind of don't get any press, they don't get any heat. And we are as responsible for not paying attention mm -hmm. to that mm -hmm. as anybody. I mean, yes, they help you. They don't want you to pay attention mm -hmm. to it. Like when I was stumping for Kerry in Ohio, they were sending, they were doing radio ads telling everybody, be sure you get out on Super Wednesday, you know, and it's like, there's no Super Wednesday. Mm. You vote on Tuesday. But these were ads that they were running in fake, the hoods. Fake news. Wow. And they were telling people, yeah. you know, if you have a warrant, if you were behind on your child support, if you got tickets, you you know, you can't vote. Tickets? Come yes. on. But, you know, if you're scared, if you, yeah. you know, and you don't know, you're not educated, and you're like, I don't want to get caught up in the system for voting. Fuck that shit. I'm not going. That's so true. it's it's working on people. Yeah. So it's a, there's a lot of issues that have to be tackled, uh, and we have to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time. So we're in, yeah. a, we're in a very precarious position right now. I think, I mean, I, I, I don't see him losing. I think I want to think, think positive, and I, I think do. that people, I think that everyone should just stop saying that because we can speak it into existence. Like I, it's I, 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 I've been trying to speak so many other things into existence <laughs> that I don't think that works. Not for me, anyway. I mean, I um, think you're being a pragmatist. And yeah, just I mean, at I, the I believe situation that on the ground realistically. If he is not, if he's not stopped here, and we, and there keeps being this sort of fractious nature of what we're doing with our own candidates, eating our young, and mm -hmm. you know, attacking each other on issues that are just not that different. Yeah. I wish that they would openly collude. I wish in the next Democratic, you know, yeah. debate, they would just openly collude. Like we all here together. Yeah. 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 And that have makes, it, have that makes say too much sense. It's bro. illegal, and have them go. What are you talking about? Like how, how yeah, they that they makes need too much sense. They won't do it. They don't right. have good good enough directors. They right. don't have a good enough actor. These guys need acting coaches. Mm -hmm. Right. They literally need somebody to tell them how to craft this moment. Right. And they how like to Nixon with the sweaty this. lip. Yeah. yeah. They just don't have. They're not dynamic. They're not. You know. They're not interesting. They're still trying to do their stump stuff. They're mm -hmm. they sound like politicians. Yeah. It's like. 
you need, it, it, could you imagine if they asked a question to any of these candidates and they said, hold on a second, and brought a 15-year-old out mm -hmm. and said, I'm not going to answer that. Ask, ask them. Right. They're, they're, the, they're the people that you got to, they're going to be inheriting be all this and sit down on the edge of the stage. Just the moment. People be show like, them how to what listen. the fuck? Yeah. Like, which is the job of the politician. Yeah. Like, let me show you how, how yeah, yeah. Crazy. let me show you what to do. And, and, and like, just have questions and just be talking to each other and not answer the moderator and then be like, oh, I'm sorry, what? Oh, right. I'm sorry, I'm just. Right. Just collude openly. Yeah. Right. And when they accuse you of colluding, say, I don't know what you're talking about. Why do they? And, and it's not like Democrats don't know. It's not like these politicians don't know how to be G's, too. Mm -hmm. We just want to have the appearance mm. of being above but that impropriety. Doesn't work. Why? Literally, Trump, no, not the colluding thing that would work. But the, what I'm saying is like trying to be something you're not. Trump is in office because he was his assholeish self. No, he's authentic. Yes. And, that, and if other people would start to be authentic, then maybe they would trust them more instead of trying to just, oh, let me eat a pork chop or let me go to this so I can get some black people. Like, no, just go to the people that you usually would relate to. No, it's, it's, that's what I'm saying. And so it's these campaign managers, because these candidates really would do what their campaign managers told them right. to do. But their campaign managers are going off of an old playbook, mm -hmm. and they're, you know, trying to figure out which way the wind blows right. and yeah. all of that. And it's not, it's not winning. I hate right. to use that term because he's right. co-opted it, but it's not a winning strategy, in right. my opinion. You did great, great, great work in Hotel Rwanda. Mm, thank you. changed the game with that. Performance was amazing. Nominated for an Oscar. Um, what's been happening? You got involved with that activist work, though, talking mm -hmm. about the genocide and mm -hmm. bringing it, what happened into four. What's happened since? Well, you know, the there was a fragile sort of a peace between uh, in, in Sudan, mm -hmm. uh, but it's it it went backwards and mm -hmm. it's going backwards. I mean, Bashir is out, mm -hmm. but I don't. What's come into that vacuum has been pretty tricky right now as well. And again, the people, the same people who have been disenfranchised and, and are at risk, or this, it's still happening. Right. Uh, it's not, I think the Janjuid is still active in the area. Um, mm -hmm. The rebels are still active in the area. Uh, it's it fits and starts, you know? It's like you take two steps forward and then mm -hmm. three steps back. And I think it's, we're still waiting to see what's coming in, in the really what came in in that vacuum. Now, you've also been active around climate change and working with the UN. Mm -hmm. um, you know, these are big, like, macro issues. Mm -hmm. What draws you to this stuff? And, and what's, are, are there any tangible results of the work that you've done with the UN? I think the tangibles are that we're seeing much more energy around it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, the United Nations is making a big push uh, with TED mm -hmm. uh, that they're going to really start focusing primarily on the environment. So I think there's a lot of focus, and obviously Greta Thunberg, what she did, has brought a lot of attention to it. And I think we're starting to see a lot more focus on it because we're understanding what's happening. Venice flooded again, mm -hmm. you know, two days within the, the week, the worst flooding they've ever seen. Right. I think we're seeing these effects happening Feeling, in real yeah. time. And uh, we understand that another reason this dude's got to go, you know, you pull yeah. out of the climate accords, yeah. you're not interested in That was the first thing he took down, right? Yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, it may get worse before it gets better, but I think ultimately it's going to be uh, crystal clear that this is something that we have to act on. Um, and hopefully we're going to be able to 
do it in a way that they have to just focus on the money. They have to right. focus on the fact that the green economy is the new development and the new newest market mm -hmm. uh, that you can get filthy rich in. Right. I, you know, hit them where that's their interest. It's like, save, get, you can get super rich. And by the way, maybe you can help the world. Right, They're like, right. but I can get super rich, right? right. Like, yeah, like, okay, <laughs> I'll fuck with it. Um, I used to work at Incurable Books. And myself and Yasin Bey ended up purchasing it. Um, back in the days, and in in, I'm thinking maybe 93, 94, Walter Mosley used to come in that store. Mm -hmm. He used to dress like a gumshoe. Yeah, he uh -huh. still does. Yeah, and he wrote Devil in a Blue Dress. And I remember selling this book, and I remember reading that book and reading this character of Mouse. Mm -hmm. And I remember selling that book to people like, yo, you gotta read this book. Right. Like, this guy Mouse, he's fucking crazy. Like, right, you gotta right. check this out. And then the movie gets made, and you do this movie with Denzel Washington, right. who's an iconic actor. You know, of, you know, it's just wonderful. Like, that to me was the first time I think people really understood what you could do. Mm -hmm. How fun was it working on that movie? And how, how juicy was that character? That was a great, I mean, that, that was, obviously I had an amazing, amazing character to inhabit. Um, and it was, in a, and it really came about in an odd way. You know, Carl Franklin, I did his AFI film, his thesis film at okay. AFI. So he, when Mouse came along, the part came along, he never thought of me because he mm -hmm. only had in his mind 19-year-old Don Cheadle from that, you know, mm -hmm. thing that he'd done with him at AFI. So everybody in L.A. was going up for this. Everybody across the country, not just L.A., was going up for this part of Mouse. And my agent was going, he won't see you, he won't see you. <laughs> I said, it's all right, you know, it's whatever, it's no big deal. I don't, I, and I read the book and I was like, I don't really see me as this character anyway. She's right. like, no, you are Mouse. I was like, nah, I don't see it. <laughs> It's like I don't see you it. You was mouse. Yeah, That's you. But I didn't see it. And so I was, this had been going on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Um, and one day I was sitting in an ear, nose, and throat doctor's office mm -hmm. in the outside area, in the reception area. And Carl Franklin walks in, opens the door. I'm sitting behind the door. The door slams into me. He looks. He's like, Don. I'm like, Carl. At that, the receptionist came out and said, this room's too crowded. You two go in that room. Mm -hmm. And Carl and I went off into another room, and he just started talking <coughs> to me about what's been going on, how's your family, what's happening. And he said, you know I'm directing this movie, Devil in a Blue Dress. I said, yeah, I've heard about it. Mm -hmm. And the next day, he's like, my agent called and said, you got an audition. <laughs> wow. And I came in and met with him and read, and he still wasn't sure. He still right. wasn't sure. He's like, you're too young. I'm 10 years younger than Denzel. So he's like, right. how can you guys play contemporaries? I don't, right. I don't think it's going to work. And then he was like his little man. That's how it played out. It was like I'm, you know, yeah. It's like I said, we can we can make it work. So black don't crack. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> yeah, it was like he comes down five years, I age up five years. Right. You know, it's be, be contemporaries. And uh, I auditioned the second time, and he said, "Show up as Mouse." He said, "Come mm -hmm. dress for the part. You know, stay in character the whole time." And then uh, that, and that, the rest is history. Man, that's such a great character. Yeah. Um, for. Now, that, that was a fictional character, mm -hmm. but you've played a lot of actual people. Mm -hmm. um, this is a hot topic right now, particularly with the Harriet movie. Mm -hmm. um, there's a group of people online uh, who are very upset. That's right. Uh, because it's that character is being played by an African, a Nigerian woman. Mm -hmm. um, there British was some, woman, yeah. I feel mm -hmm. like the movement against that movie is a xenophobic thing. Mm -hmm. But... It opens up a topic of discussion. When we talk about the Miles film, mm -hmm. we talk about the Nina Simone film and mm -hmm. all the controversy over what Zoe was doing yeah, with that movie. Right. A lot of people who are not into movies like that, I think, see biopics as documentaries. Right. And they're not. No. At all. 
Can you explain why to someone who doesn't do it for a living? Well, I think that obviously you're, anytime you try to encapsulate the entirety of somebody's life, mm -hmm. which a lot of those biopics attempt to do, which is why I didn't want to do that shit at right. all. It's like, I'm going to talk about <laughs> four hours in his life, you know, right. and try to figure out that, have that be the departure point. Mm -hmm. um, you're going to miss things. You're going to, characters have to be elided. Other characters have to be omitted. Situations have to be created. You make this happen here. Mm -hmm. Not to mention the, you know, what you actually have to deal with when you're making a movie in mm -hmm. locations and time and actors and actresses. It's like you can't attempt to take someone's life mm -hmm. and really do it in a film that's a narrative and it's not a documentary mm -hmm. and get it right. Uh, so that's one. Secondly, I think people are also upset because she is not a black American. Right. And they want to argue that how can she embody that black American, that uniquely black American mm -hmm. experience, uh, and be someone who didn't share in it and her roots don't mm -hmm. share in it. Now, I understand that people want to make that argument. Mm -hmm. um, but if we're talking about being a being a a person who in their past, their, their family or their ancestors having dealt with oppression and struggle and racism mm -hmm. and violence and hatred, you know, it's hard to pick any group really mm -hmm. and go, you don't have that in your past. Right. So, and we're actors and that's we, the job. that's the gig. Mm -hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I, I have like a, I have a foot in both camps a little bit. Mm -hmm. I understand people's pushback against that because, you know, yeah, why you can't find a black American actress that mm -hmm. could do that part. You talked a lot about the business of Hollywood and from, from where I'm sitting, it seems to me, and you could tell me better, that it would be cheaper for a studio to hire a British or Nigerian or uh, African actor than to hire uh, an American. It, it, is that true? No, it's not even about the economics okay. of it. It's really more about the name recognition. Right. And a lot of times it's about the availability. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? We don't know who else they went to to try to make that movie and they're not available or they're, you know, they couldn't, they couldn't make the contract work, yeah. whatever it is. I think Cynthia is, you know, a powerful uh, woman and a mm -hmm. strong actor and, you know, a, a real artist um, who, I haven't seen the movie, but I, I, I you know, I, I wouldn't say that she I'm couldn't going to pull see it, it off. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't. But I think there's so many other factors outside of that 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 people have a problem with mm -hmm. um, her 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 doing that that don't take into account like with the Nina Simone thing mm -hmm. in particular. You know, had Zoe not said yes, they may have never done the movie at all. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's the question: Is it better that you do it in this way, or is it better to just not touch it at all? Mm -hmm. And that's something that is. Hard to tell, in my opinion, in the moment. That's mm -hmm. one of those, we'll see, where you know you have to get some distance from that and look back and go, well, what was the ultimate impact of that? Mm -hmm. What did that ultimately do? That's the question. When it comes to oppression, it's not about the intention, it's about the result. And, and the result is often not immediate, and that's something yeah. that you need some distance from to figure out. Like, what metrics do you want to judge the effect of that right. film or not? Um, I have another question for you before we get out of here. First of all, Man, it's so great talking to you. Mm -hmm. um, too, thank man. you for being a guest on the show. Thank you for having um, me. You've helped to make our show special. Um, I think at this point in your career, I don't, think, I don't think you have a problem owning who you are. 
and standing st tall and firm in it. And like, this is a, like when we, in this conversation, you said, we were talking about, you said, I'm picky. You said, you can look at my resume. Mm -hmm. Like you have a very impressive resume. You, we've grown up with you from Ice Tray <laughs> to now, to yeah, Miles, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we've, you, you've been a part of, you're, you're iconic. Like you're iconic for Ice Tray, you're iconic for War Machine. You mm -hmm. know, you're iconic for the, the Hotel Rwanda and the work you did around that. You're mm -hmm. iconic for the Oceans films. It's like all this, so, there's somebody out there that's watching the show that is striving to to be you. Mm. Who was the Don Cheadle for you? <laughs> you just? <laughs> oh, wow. Who, who was your Don Cheadle? Like, um, who was the person that you looked at that you were like, I'm trying to do that? There are probably a lot of them in different ways, you know, and I started, my first love was music. Okay. You know, when I graduated from high school, I was, I was very fortunate. I had a couple of different scholarships mm -hmm. and a couple of them were to pursue vocal jazz and and instrumental jazz mm -hmm. and a couple of them were to pursue acting mm -hmm. and uh, I made a choice based on where I really believed I was going to be putting in the work mm -hmm. because I grew up around really talented musicians That's interesting mm -hmm. to me and I knew what it would have meant to to run up Rob Glasper's smoke and I was like I don't think I'm gonna be sitting in a room, which I'm not gonna shed like that. Mm. I'm not gonna spend nine hours running scales and learning solfege and theory and... We had Glasper yeah. on the show and he said, to be a, a bad jazz musician, you have to be a very good musician, you yeah. know? And it's interesting for you to say that. I wanted, I, I, I wanted you to continue your answer, but just to jump in real quick. It's crazy that you say that because my, my experience is the exact opposite. Mm -hmm. I'm in acting school and I'm looking at the the horrors of what young actors are going through right. and how, how much they put into it mm -hmm. for very little reward and most right. of them was waiters, yeah. you know? And there was this kid, Yorlin Madeira, uh, Dominican from New York, who said, we were in experimental theater in NYU and he was like, fuck this, I'm moving to Hollywood. I'm dropping out, moving to Hollywood. And six months later he was like, in like a Kool-Aid commercial. Right. And he was like, <laughs> on Young and the Restless. And I'm, right. I'm in New York watching him like, right. Yo, but that, that was my experience. Like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not gonna put in that time for that. Right. So let me do music. And then I came, when I, when I developed a music career, I started going on auditions. When I saw Common go on auditions and he started getting right. roles, right. I was like, I can do <laughs> that. I can get a role. I, I went to acting school. This nigga ain't going to acting right, school. Right, exactly. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I would go to auditions and I would sit in the room and it'd be like other actors that I saw on television mm -hmm. in their humbly, humble, yeah. in their like, the part ain't mine. Yeah. And I'm like, if the part ain't his, it definitely ain't mine because he right. put in that work. Right. Or even if even if they chose me for a celebrity factor, he put in that work. Yeah. So I was like, I fell back on that. Like yeah. I'm writing more now and I'm now I'm I'm starting to think about it more, but I fell back because it was the exact opposite of you. I was like, I'm not putting in that work. Yeah, well I that the the work that I understood, I mean, and what Rob said is so true, is like you, to work that hard and still just be good. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And not achieve like and I had a very, my bar for what jazz music was supposed to be, there, there was no higher bar. Mm -hmm. I wasn't trying to sound like Kenny G, no offense, Kenny G. Right. I was trying to sound <laughs> There's a place like, for Kenny like G. Michael Brecker. I was trying to sound <laughs> like John Coltrane. Yeah. I wanted to play like the greats that I yeah. heard. Mm -hmm. And I have a very, very good ear. And I am definitely a musician, but to put it under my hands and to actually create it and, 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 and do that, I knew what it would take. I knew the kind of work I would have to do to do it. Mm -hmm. um, 
And I had always gotten by in school because I had a great ear. So I could solo because I could hear the changes, but I didn't, I couldn't read the changes mm -hmm. really. And I didn't know the scales right. really and didn't know jazz theory really. And in order to really learn that, I was like, that's a whole life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just knew I wasn't going to do it, but it was never far away from me. And right. it still isn't. Last night I was writing, you know what I mean? It's okay. always, it's always in there. And I'm always with Rob whenever he's mm -hmm. here. And, and and Thundercat and I'm always just hanging with these dudes because that, that's just my favorite shit. No mm. doubt. Um, but the 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 acting thing became something for me, and I, and I always took it seriously. Whenever ever anything I'm gonna take on, I'm gonna I'm gonna be serious about it. You know, mm -hmm. I went to Cal Arts. I studied theater for four years and mm -hmm. have a degree in it which doesn't mean anything except that I went to school for four right. years it's a receipt. but you know it's a receipt but you know tons of theater experience and left here during pilot season and went to the Guthrie in Minneapolis mm -hmm. and went to the Goodman in Chicago and went to the public in New York you know just always was trying to get as good as I could get mm -hmm. in it because I just wanted to be the best no that doubt. I could be but the music thing is always like a passenger on my shoulder like yo come back and do this you no know? doubt well, I want to thank you for always wearing your slogans on your T-shirts. <laughs> he said, protect trans kids was on the Saturday Night Live shirt. And you and me, you came to my show at the Blue Note, yep. speaking of jazz. Yes. And Dave Chappelle was there. Yep. And he was talking about the jokes in his special yeah. that has now come out since then. Yeah. Yes, it has. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and me, Dave Chappelle, and uh, Don and, and, and your wife, yep. we had a conversation about the trans community. And Dave's special, uh, we're not gonna get right now into how everybody feels about it. But, we love um, it. but I, it made, one thing it made me do was it made me want to participate in reaching out to the trans community more. Mm -hmm. And so I appreciate you wearing that shirt. And, this, and you talk about kids in that shirt, and this shirt says, the young people will win. Yeah. So Don is always about the young people. This is the people's party. There you go. Don Cheeto in the house. Don Cheeto! <laughs> appreciate y'all, thank y'all.